Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with The Sick House. We had John Paul, Jackson, Ben, and Trevor all on the show. Um, If you listened to it, hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, before we get into this week's episode and talking about who's on and whatnot, I gotta do some promotions, okay? I gotta talk about myself a little bit. Uh, As you know, this is my show, Start the Beat with Sykes, and you can uh, like the, the page on Facebook, Start the Beat with Sykes. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and things like that, at The Real Sykes. Um, you can also find me and my podcast on Epicast.tv, EpicastNetwork.com. There's like a million different configurations that all go to the same thing. Epicast.tv tends to be the one I use because it's the shortest. And we all know how saving time means a lot to a lot of people nowadays um also start the beat is on itunes now some of you might be listening to this on itunes if you're not and you're into itunes check me out i'm on there uh be sure to rate and review the episode subscribe to me so i can be popular and take over the world or something i don't i don't fucking know what just help me out i'm trying okay (laughs) yeah let's get into why we're all here This week, my uh, new friend Chris Stowe is on the show. And for those of you who don't know Chris, he is uh, a man who wears quite a few hats. He is a a solo musician. He also plays in some bands. And he also works for AF Records, which is a local record label that has put out a ton of great music for quite a while. Anti-Flag, ever heard of him? Sure you have. Uh, Homeless Gospel Choir, Derek, who has also been on the show. Ed Hockley's new album, John On, has been on the show. Their new album is being released through AF Records. And uh, Dan Rock, who is in World's Scariest Police Chases with Chris Stowe, has also been on the show. So, hey, you know, Start the Beat with Sykes is becoming quite a uh, AF Records-friendly podcast. But yeah, anyways, we're getting a little sidetracked, so hey, how about we just uh, start the conversation? Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Fuck, I barely know you. It's true. And we're just, you know, already rattling stuff off about Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles and stuff. Yeah. Do you, are you still have like a nerd type of thing in you? Is it still there? You keep up with the stuff? Like, I don't, I was trying to think about that today, actually. Like, I don't think I have anything like that that I used to have. Like, I don't have, well, I listen to a lot of books on tape. They're not on tape, they're on my phone, but. Okay. That's just the, for the. 
phrase for them that's in my mind. And I listen to a lot of like fantasy books and weird shit like that. I don't know if that's a nerd thing, but like it's kind of a part <laughs> of my personality that I don't share with anyone. I you think... can't really you can't really like listen to books together with someone. Sure. So it's good to have things that you don't share with people though. Yeah. Like your own little like this is my fucking thing. If you need to get away from the world, yeah. it, it's like there's no uh, and you're you're getting away from the world in another level. Like, you're going to the fantasy world, or whatever the fuck. Uh, but the one thing that that made me think of, because you were saying um, you don't have, like, they're not on CD or tape, they're on your phone. Yeah. And we were just talking about this turtle's chest, and we were talking about how, like, a bunch of people I know had that chest. Like, oh, I remember that from when I was a kid. And I wonder what it's going to be like in another 10, 20 years. When, like, like everything's so digitized now. Oh, Is yeah. it going to be like... You know, flipping through something on a phone, it's like a picture of like, oh, I remember that. I remember that app. I remember Angry Birds. Yeah. And it's like a, a pretty interesting segue, I guess, into like digital music and that type of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being someone that's involved with a record label and all of that. How long have you been doing the record label thing or involved in music? I think, well, I've been involved in music for as long as I could like remember caring about anything yeah but i mean like when i was 16 i was just in like shitty punk bands but the label one of those yeah one of those guys so many (laughs) so many bad bands i was trying to i was also talking to john i was listening to that episode and john texted me today and he said uh he was talking about something i was like i'm ashamed of all the bands pretty much (laughs) i can't think i can't think of one band from before I started to do acoustic stuff, and I'm like, that was great. Okay. <laughs> it's all really bad. It was all product of, like, uh, yeah. Was it fun? Yeah, it was great. That's all that matters. So, I'm so glad I did all of it. Yeah. It led me to wherever I'm at now. But, um, no, I've been doing the record label for three years. Okay. And, um, I don't know, how do you feel about, like, the digital versus physical thing? I don't want to get into this too much, because I really don't give a shit. It's just, I thought of it. Just your opinion. Right. I don't like... I only like LPs. Like, that's it. I hate digital shit. Like, I don't even really listen to anything on my phone. Yeah. At all. Like, if I have something... I was also thinking about how I listen to music today. Um, I still burn CDs just so I can have it to drive around with in my car. Sure. If I have to, like, listen to something for a period of time, like you know, you're you're about to work on a record for, like, a year, and so you want to, like, listen to it constantly you got to write all these blurbs about it and feel the best way to, you know, make the story of the record and all yeah. that shit. So I just burn a CD and put it in my car. Yeah, I don't even have any music on my phone. Yeah, you know, I, I take the bus in the town every day. So I have music on my phone, usually just for the bus rides. Yeah. Um, when I'm at work, I will, like, stream a lot of music at work from my desk. But when I'm here, I'm typically listening to records. That's... So that's like there's conveniences to I think each thing. Oh, that's yeah. like I get it from all aspects. Yeah. The thing that really bugs me out though is I know people that only listen to music on their phone. Yeah. Sometimes like through like really really bad speakers or like really <laughs> yeah. bad headphones or they're just like it's just like the phone's on the table and the music's just coming out of the phone speaker or the laptop speaker. Yeah. And it's like this is atrocious to me. I like, remember when it was a long time ago, but I had a friend that was going through Full Sail, and he was he called me and he told me he was taking a class 
that was dedicated to learning how to mix things for people that were going to be listening through their laptop speakers. Sure. And the concept of that is fucking so stupid. You're you're learning how to mix something worse <laughs> so that people could hear it shittily and still not hate it. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, it's a very uh, specific set of weird EQs and whatnot. Are you into, like, recording music or anything like that? I'm not very good at it. Um, <laughs> I've never been able to be good at learning how to do that. I always wanted to. Yeah. But nope. I'm just, like, with my own music and with everything else, when I'm just doing it, I can record it and just be done with it and feel like that's fine when it isn't, for sure. And that's where, like, with the label, that's where 2 comes in really well, and he, he has such a vast knowledge about it, so... Fortunately, I don't have to fucking deal with it because he's so good at it. Yeah, yeah, it's always... Um, I've never had an affinity for that. <laughs> Definitely. I think the um, really cool thing about music is, like, the collaborative parts of it. Even if you're a solo artist working with other producers or engineers and getting their two cents, it always helps to have somebody else yeah. who's like, hey, try this, or... Yeah. If you're, like, beating yourself up, like, it sounds fine, shut up. No, there was a time when I didn't, yeah, where I wasn't, I didn't have a person like that in my life at all, and just, like, having people around me all the time now that are better at music than I am, and also, like, have ideas, mm -hmm. and to be able to be open to just trying anything and having, like, no ego about a guitar part and stuff like that. When I finally learned to, like, shut down all egoness of anything and just try everything. Yeah. That's when, like, I started recording the best versions of my playing. That's why, I, like, I got better. Yeah. Sure. You know, I think another thing, too, to be said is last night I was at a friend's house and um, there was a couple people just hanging out and she was just, like, trying to draw something and she's somebody who I know who does draw but hasn't really drawn in a while. Okay. And she's, like, talking about how she feels so uninspired to create stuff anymore and i'm like well everybody they i'm thinking to myself i didn't say this out loud because friends were around it's like all the people we hang out with kind of suck and nobody's there's like <laughs> no like creative forces around you you know yeah. not like they're bad people but there's nobody that's like trying to do anything creative around you you're just hanging okay. around people who kind of like just chill hard and that's it okay i think that having other people that are doing music or other creative things around you and surrounding yourself in that environment. At least with me, it makes me like, oh, I need to do more because they're doing good and I want to be a part of this group of people that are doing stuff. And yeah. the only way I could do that is if I'm doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's very important. It's like, it's actually like overwhelming how many people I have like that in my life. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody is their own unique kind of artist and they view themselves that way. Like from Ed Hockley to the Endless Mike stuff to Derek and Police Chases. Like, if you take those four bands, just those four, those four things are coming from shit, like, all different ways. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's crazy to try to be uh, <laughs> around that and absorb all that creative energy. Yeah, I think it's... But it's yeah, awesome. Definitely, definitely. Now, whenever you... um made the transition from being in, like, the shitty punk bands to I want to do this solo acoustic thing. Was that more of, like, a, I don't know, just, like, I want to pump the brakes and take do something that's more serious? Or, like, you were just fucking around and it happened accidentally? Like, how did that uh, come I together had, for you? 
I had this, I, like, I lived in Pittsburgh before, um, and I was in a really bad band then, and we all lived together and toured together, and uh, I thought it was good at the time, but it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't good. I'm not going to show it to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I'm just going to Google your name. <laughs> Like, like fe- on a fever, just like after you leave, and just link everything to the conversation. That's funny. Every bad band Christo has been in. There's a fun. I'll show it to you. There's, an, there's a really embarrassing music video. Nice. I'll show, I'll show that to you. But um, yeah. Then I moved. I just quit, and I because I didn't like where I was in that band. I didn't really like where I was in Pittsburgh. And I actually moved to Johnstown. Okay. Um, and I just stopped playing music. That sounds miserable. Yeah, I managed a family <laughs> video in Johnstown, and that's just what I did. I just ran a video store. Fuck. Yeah. It How was old a, were you? 25, 24. Okay. Maybe younger, maybe like 23 to 25. And how long did you do that? Uh, it was a couple of years. It was like two, three years. I ran the one in Indiana. I ran the one in Altoona. I was just a video store person. Fuck. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then I just kind of decided to start making the acoustic stuff again, um, where I tried to have a, a band at Johnstown, which actually doesn't suck, and I did like, so that's one of the ones I'm <laughs> Props not Props to Johnstown band. Props to Johnstown band. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then I just started to make these really sad acoustic songs, because I was, like, in a really terrible place in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And, yeah, it was just, like... Maybe I can fucking just book a tour again. And so I looked up, I just went back to all the things I used to use, which was like lots of stuff that didn't, doesn't exist anymore, but like bookyourownfuckinglife.com and the dodiy.org and just like started just booking these weird info shops. And I just drove my car around for just years, just like nomad shit. And yeah. And then just from that is where, I mean, if you just do that long enough, you're going to have all these weird connections and like your life's going to take you into a way. So I ended up playing, I ended up playing a show with, uh, Roger from white wives. And then we did a tour together and then they asked me to be the bass player. And that's how I got in white wives. And then we did all that shit. And then I drove the, do you know what a bandwagon is? No. Okay. A bandwagon is, uh, it's like a, bus it's like a tour bus but it's smaller okay and it doesn't have it only has two axles so legally you can drive it if you just have a normal driver's license <laughs> but you should not be allowed to it's okay like some sort of fucking loophole okay you can it, it's as long with the trailer on it it's as long as an 18 wheeler is <laughs> nobody should be able to drive that unless they take a class or something <laughs> but, so i drove one of those for anti-flag for a warp tour that they did which was crazy I was just up all night in this giant fucking machine driving and thinking. And that's when, um, when we got done with that, that's when they brought me on to do the record label stuff. So it's just this weird, like, fucking it's like butterfly effect of, <laughs> this guy can drive a van good, let's bring him on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. So what you're telling me is your, your management experience in video stores in Johnstown and driving a Absolutely. van that you shouldn't yeah. is how you got where you are right now. That's right. That's good. Um, now, with, um, touring in 2015. Yeah. As a, like, up and coming musician, how does that make you feel compared to, like, how do you, do you think it's any different than it was maybe 10 years ago? 
I don't know. Like, for an up-and-coming musician, so I have to think about it like that. Because, I mean, obviously, you... Like you have you have your you had your feet in several doors for a while now, so it might be hard to step outside of that. But like, yeah, I feel like there's um this weird oversaturation now of bands and people that are so easy to get a hold of, like through Facebook. Like every week, I'm yeah. getting like, hey, like I saw like somebody referred me to you to help me get a show, or you know, it's like yeah, fuck, like. I know the struggle, but it's like <laughs> it's weird that the, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of a hub like those websites that you had mentioned. I know that like one of them is still active, but I feel like I don't know how many people are using it. I think a lot of people just be like, "Oh, get a hold of me on Facebook," but then you get a hold of them on Facebook, and they're like, "I got too many messages." Yeah. Well, it's weird. Well, I think they're two different worlds, and like I don't know how you bridge the two. I've never. I've been in the world where you have uh, like a system set up for that, like you have a booking agent and then there's that shit where like the booking agent becomes a person that like solves all these problems for you. Kind of. It's great. It's like a, it's, it's like magic, but I don't know how you get one. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I would, I would love to know how you got one, uh, but that's like, you pay for it. Right? Yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure. I know you pay them a percentage, but, like, I don't know how you get a booking agent to care about you and want to take you on. I get, maybe you have to be a certain kind of band or, like, write them an email. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, it's all who you know. And that's how, like, a lot of aspects of the entire culture is in some ways. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, there's a billion good fucking bands. That's the problem. Yeah, it's definitely And it's, problem. like, you know when we're dealing with these, like, uh, situations where we're running, like, independent labels or weird little collectives and things like that, it's like, are we going to help the really good band that we don't know or the really good band that's our friends that we've yeah. known for a few years? Yeah. Well, that's where the other way to do it comes in is just, like, if you've just been doing it long enough, you can just do it whenever you want, but you inevitably have to start at the if very start, bottom yeah, of that yeah. and be the person that doesn't know anybody. And those, like, first four years really suck. And nobody comes to your shows and you play these, like, ridiculous, like, hookah bars is what I played a lot. I don't know why, but that's just <laughs> who would have me all the time. And no one would be there. Uh-huh. And they would offer you free hookah, which is gross. Nobody wants to smoke a hookah <laughs> ever. It's so stupid. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe people like it. But if they did, they weren't there I mean, there, there's people that it. like it, but... It's, I don't know. I'm not buying it. They're in there for <laughs> some other reason. Hummus or something. I don't know. Yes. Yes. No, I think that, <laughs> I think that hookah is one of those things that kids do before they turn 21 if they want to go out. Yeah. And then some people just don't let it go. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've never been into smoking in general, though. Like, I never started smoking cigarettes. I never okay. got into pot or anything. So the whole aesthetic completely fucking passes me. I don't uh, get it. okay. You know? I just, I'm like, whatever. I smoked cigarettes for a very long time. I loved it. I believe I started it to be cool. Because the older kids at punk shows smoked cigarettes, so I obviously needed to. Okay. So I could be cool. Yeah. No other reason. Because it's gross and dumb. Then eventually I got addicted to it. And then I tried to quit a bunch and couldn't. And then I just did a while ago. Like, you're just like, fuck it? Yeah, I, not really on purpose. I don't know. It's Maybe, just, like, my own mortality, like, finally waited out, and I was like, oh. Well, I think that, you know, 
they say that a lot of that kind of stuff, those addictions are like, me- like somewhat mental. Okay. And I think if you're able to break that mentality of needing it, then it's just like, eh, whatever. There's right? some times that- when I'm like, oh man, a smoke would be great. I've even had one like since and been like, and you have the first little bit and you're like, yeah, this is gross. Well, why did I do that? But maybe that's just like the remnants of that initial thing. Yeah. It's like, it's like getting back together with a shitty ex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this again. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a good idea until, you know, after the first hit. Oh God, this is such a bad analogy. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so now what else are you into? Outside of music, we don't have to just talk about music, you know? You like fantasy books? I do like fantasy books. Um, and uh, you worked at a video store for a while, so you into movies? Yeah, so even before that, even before I moved to Johnstown, when I lived in Pittsburgh, I also only worked at video stores. So there was a period of like 10, probably about 10 years that I owned my, that was my job, and wherever I moved, I would just go to the video store and get a job, because I already knew all this shit about video. Once upon a time. Yeah. I, w- I worked at um, Instant Replay Video and Moon, and then when I lived in uh, Lawrenceville, I, I worked at the West Coast Video in Bloomfield, Okay, which is now the beer distributor. But that used to be a very weird video store. I remember the West Coast Video in Squirrel Hill. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. And um, I had an uncle who worked at Heads Together, if you remember Heads Together mm-hmm. in Squirrel Hill. That's, it's pretty, that's old. That's throwback. <laughs> And then I worked at Blockbuster for like two years nice. at Edgewood Town Center. That's cool. Yeah, I was key manager, buddy. No, that's big. That's yeah, great. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, I think about that stupid video store all the time because that was my like. I tried to go to college a couple times and I hated it. for what I just couldn't. Well, the first time I tried to go for um, English, just generically English, sick, because that was the only thing I liked. And but I was just really bad at everything else. So I did great in my English class, but in my math class, I was like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. And that's when I started just doing, I went to school and then just like did a band again. And then I was just in one. So I just dropped out. And then when I went to Johnstown, I tried to go to school again for um, network administration, like (laughs) land stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why I picked it. My dad... Um, was like, uh, he's a huge technology guy and he always had like servers everywhere. And I was like, servers, that seems cool. Yeah. I could do servers. I feel like there's money in that bullshit if you can figure out how to make it work. I didn't. And I just like, (laughs) the worst part about both times is that I could have just not gone to college, but instead I enrolled for a semester and then just passive aggressively didn't go to class. So it was like a, a complete waste of money. Not just of, like, not as a metaphor, but, like, I literally paid money to not do something for no reason. That was terrible. Huh. I wonder where that, like, that motivation to do something, and then you start doing it, and you're like, eh, fuck. Yeah. It's like the cigarette. Yeah. Again. Well, the, my, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I was doing all that shit for other people, though. Like... Okay, that oh, makes sense. They, like like family or yeah. significant others, bullshit yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I almost got caught in that racket. I was dating someone a few years ago who was, you know, really putting the pressure on to make me feel like I wasn't an adult. 
and like you know I never went to school or anything and at the time I was fucking like working at Starbucks or some bullshit and I was yeah. just like you know you gotta get your shit together Starbucks is a cool job yeah it wasn't bad it's usually anytime I have some shitty like friend that's complaining about not being able to get a job I'm like get a job at Starbucks they're fucking everywhere they pay you good you get benefits and tips like it's not a dream job but you can like yeah it, they're e- it's an easy place to get a job you can apply online to like every store with one, like, application within, like, a 20-mile radius. That's so crazy. You don't one even of have to, like, work to get exactly. a Exactly. <laughs> you, you don't even have to go to the store. It's like you're on, like, Facebook complaining about not being able to get a job, and that yeah. time you could fucking just apply for a job. That's another, like, uh, you know, like, this culture where, like, uh, if somebody gets into a car accident, they'll probably tweet about it before dialing 911. Oh, yeah. Or, like, you know, if, if somebody sees somebody, like, falling or a fight break out instead of, like, trying to stop it or do something, it's, like, the first thing they do is they capture film it. it. Yeah. I was, like, on the 4th of July, That's I was, so like, weird. watching uh, people, like, film the fireworks. It's, like, when the fuck are you ever going to watch this? <laughs> Realistically. Yeah. Nobody no, is going to watch this. It's for other people. There, so they, they can show that they did something cool. There was a couple, like, right to the left of us. The girl had her phone, and the guy had his arms around the girl, who also had his phone, like, above her. I wanted to take a picture so bad. But I was, I'm not going to... I'm trying to enjoy this experience. Right. We were right on the point, like, right where they shoot them off, like, oh, right underneath cool. it. It's loud. I bet. It's pretty cool, though. You feel it in your chest. That's crazy. I remember doing that when I was a kid. Like, I'm from, like, a really small like super small town so their fireworks like you could be like on top of them okay only like 40 people live there so yeah i remember being terrified of that that was cool though yeah um back to the movies we were talking about like what kind of movies are you into that's kind of i wanted to go and go that route. So I'm into good movies. Okay, well that's an obvious answer. Right. Do so, you mean like like uh like artsy movies or like doesn't have to like be. Tarantino? Well, yeah, everybody likes Tarantino. If you don't like Tarantino movies, you're probably crazy. I mean, there's there's people who probably don't like Tarantino movies. Yeah, they. <laughs> they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they're clearly idiots. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but no, it doesn't have to be like artsy movies. I make I make my girlfriend watch movies all the time. And she's always like, man, again with this. Uh, I just did it on Sunday. So, um, no, I just like really good movies. Like movies that have like good acting and a cool story. But I also like really shitty science fiction movies too. Okay. So my barometer for it, like if it's a drama, it's got to be good. Oh, or, sure. But if it's a science fiction movie, it could be like marginal at best and I'll still be like this is cool. Well, that's kind of like punk rock, right? <laughs> probably. <laughs> so probably like, there's like sometimes if I'm listening to an album like in a specific genre of music and it sounds like it's too well produced, it bothers me. Ah, okay. Particularly with like a punk or metal or anything that's like guitar based, I want to I want it to sound like a bunch of dudes in a room jamming. Yeah. I, I, it really bothers me sometimes when it sounds too produced or too clean, which is weird coming from my perspective because I do record music and I also like overproduce music too, but for other things like yeah. something that's more electronic or a hip hop thing or pop, I that ne- that can't sound shitty. That has to sound perfect. That's the point. Right. And I feel that, you know, but with movies, yeah, sometimes a shitty movie 
It's better if it's shitty. Yeah. I mean, I watch TV, too, a lot. Like, I'm on that True Detective Season 2 right now. Okay. You watch this? Nah. Alright, cool. I can't, uh... TV series, I have a hard time with. Just because it's hard for me to, like, sit down and watch something and relax. And not get distracted. Yeah. I'm always kind of, like, caught up in my own bullshit projects. <laughs> Sometimes I can go to the theater and see a movie and okay. be fine. Because I'm at the theater and I feel like I'm in part of an experience. But trying to sit down at home and watch something... It's too easy for me to, like, No, that makes off. sense. That's why I try to do it, is because, like, I need to shut my brain off for a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I probably should It's so hard, though, because, like, all of my, yeah, just because it's not, like, my job isn't real. It's not. It doesn't have hours. Yeah. So, it could just be any time. Then, I, like, I would be, like, if I'm sitting here and I have an idea, I, I have to go work that out. Yeah. Like, if it's good. Sure. It's weird, you know, because for me, um, working at Get Hip, that has, like, kind of, like, a set hours thing. Mm. But it's, like, outside of that, I still have my own shit that I'm trying to do that I view as work. Um, it sounds pretentious at times to say that, but it's, like, <laughs> if I don't look at it that way, I'm never going to get anything done. Right. You know, I can't, like, treat it as a hobby anymore. Yeah. Like, it is, but... It's better. I feel like it's work. I need to work. Yeah, I try. I say that too <laughs> about everything. But that's that's another. Yeah, I I say well, like oh yeah, I gotta. This is work. But I call everything work just so I'll do it. Yeah, but it's not really like there are people with jobs <laughs> like yeah. real ones. Oh yeah, like construction workers like, and fucking like they're working. People sure. like curing diseases and stuff like that. And for me, it's like. <laughs> Like, the difference between, like, work and not working is changing what, like, web what web page I'm on sometimes. <laughs> like, go from YouTube to, like, you know, like, my fucking, like, email thing, and then, like, oh, yeah, I gotta write, type up a fucking email blast. I'm working now. Yeah. Well, yeah. So today I sat and listened to the Adocally record for a while, because I have the to new write one? the, yeah. All right, what, when, when, when am I going to be able to hear this album? I don't know. It's going to come out one day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, we're, we're just getting all that shit started. I'll send it to you. Um, cause it's done. It's great. You should listen to it. It's fucking... I really, really want to listen to it. It's crazy. They're easily my, like, one of my favorite local bands right now. Oh, that's cool. They're... Good. They're awesome. Yeah, I know. I was really, I was really, really stoked when I heard that, um, AF was gonna be putting out their stuff. Because that's, that's cool. Those motherfuckers work their asses off, and they have yeah. for such a long time, yeah. and they're so good, and it, like... It kills me to see bands like that that don't have any push behind them that are just like, I mean, sometimes it's like you see a band like that and you might think that they don't even need any help because of how active they are. Yeah. But no matter how active you are, it always helps to have somebody behind you, backing you. Yeah, I agree. And it's, um, well, when I, when I left, so I went to school at Kent State and then was moving to Pittsburgh I lived with John and Dave in Grove City when they lived there. Okay. I, like, slept on their couch, just, like, as a dude on the couch. Yeah. And that's... I've known them for a very long time. And I was super young then. I think I was, like, I had 19 or something. So, yeah. I go way back with those dudes. So, I can't... I couldn't be happier being able to just work on it. Yeah. Because I loved their band then. I, I've always loved their bands. They're ridiculous musicians. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, um... I saw them, 
I mean, I've seen, I, I feel, I've seen them a few times lately, but I remember seeing them one time somewhat recently, and they're like, yeah, you know, we haven't practiced in like two months, like this might be a little sloppy, and it was like so tight, and just like, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Just like blowing everybody out of the water, just like, it's so good. Yeah. I love it. I love that energy with them and music like that. It's weird that like like they're a unique band for sure and that's always the kind of, that's always the thing that I look for is like people that care about their project like that. Sure, it's, that's weird. Oh yeah, it's really really unique but familiar too, you know, it's not super super weird or it's like sometimes you'd be like, "Oh, this is like people say like this is unique, but it's just kind of like bad weird music." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like this weird. That's their nice way to say that. <laughs> yeah, this like is about oh, this. Suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, outside of we'll say like punk or guitar-driven rock music, are you into any other types of music? Are you a person who embraces the pop music or the radio world? Or are you into weird electronic music? Mm. Like, I was. Um, so I wasn't allowed. So my my dad's a pastor. Okay. I wasn't allowed to listen to anything that wasn't Christian music until maybe 17. Okay. And I had some CDs and tapes that, well, I had a cousin that was in a punk band. That's how I got into this thing, whole thing when I was like 12. Okay. What he would do is he would copy like tape to tape albums for me and he would turn the volume down for the swear words. So I would be able to listen to, it would be like. That's ridiculous. He would censor. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I remember the first one he gave me was um, Offspring, Smash. Smash, okay. And I was I spent a long time wondering, like, the stupid goddamn uh-huh. motherfucker line. Yeah, was it, was it just silence yeah, on the tape? Just silence. <laughs> I always just thought that that was just, like, a part of the song. Yeah. But, um, so I grew up with just, like, the Christian version of everything, which... A lot of it. Like, when you go back and listen to it, it's really bad. I think MXPX still holds up, but nobody agrees with me. Um, you know, they were, they were one of the early punk bands that I got into. I remember, man, I, I, remember, I remember seeing them and meeting them at Warped Tour. I was like 11 or 12, super fucking young. Yep. And I had like a signed poster for the Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo album. And fuck, that's one of those, where the fuck did that go? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, where the fuck is that poster? That's funny. God damn it. It's I me. Mean, it's way long gone, but like, fuck. That's cool. I was in the fan club. <laughs> I, was def- I was in the fan club. I still have like my fan club card. Nice. And they sent you like uh, like an eight by ten. Why don't bands do fan clubs anymore? I don't know. Because I guess the whole world's a fan club, right? Like maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah. So I, and then I heard Hot Water Music, and then that was like that was that was it. And then I was like, I'm done with all this other stuff now. Now I'm going to go and learn this new band that is my favorite thing. So how our music became like this fucking weird obsession for me where I was just like, it, I felt like those songs were telling me like, this is what you should do. Like, okay. this is an actual way to live and you can go live like that. And this is the sort of thing you've been looking for the whole time. And I, I yeah, all those records were fucking so good, but no division just like pulled me out of my own life and just threw me into this, like, you're going to do music forever world. Cool. And, like, it's important, and this is why you're going to do it, and this is why you're going to do it this way. So. Um, I like a lot of shit, though. I I made, 
I made this playlist for the um, this New Noise magazine thing. Okay. And I wanted to... All these bands were making these playlists that were just like their, their friends' punk bands and stuff, which is easy to do because that's all you're surrounded with. Uh-huh. But I made a list of songs that I believe are perfect songs. And a lot of them are like... Like Hooting the Blowfish is on there. I think that... <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. Hey, but I feel like Cracked Review is an amazing record. If if you go and listen to it, it sounds ridiculous, but like those are perfect songs on there. Lots yeah. of them. I love the Jim Blossoms and I like Tom Petty a lot. I like the Weaker Dance a lot. I was bummed that they broke up. I thought I'd get to see them like one more time. There's all. I mean, I feel like bands don't really break up anymore. That's true. They just go on like a hiatus for five or six years, then reunion. Yeah. Well, they hadn't done anything for like seven years. They hadn't said that they broke up. I don't know. I feel like it's all. This is some marketing thing. <laughs> I feel like they're saying that they broke up, but they're getting ready to start writing an that's album. Just, you just think that way because that that's just how you think in the marketing world now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Which, that all the time. Everything's like a gimmick now. Yeah. And it's weird, you know? It's being behind the curtain like we are. There is this certain element of bullshit that you have to learn how to, like, control and manipulate, like, Play-Doh. And it's yeah. so weird when you're somebody that's like a... Like, you have, like, morals or standards for yourself, especially, like, in, like, a punk community that's all about, like you know, being true to yourself and your morals or whatever fucking bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like from a business perspective, especially now with how much information everybody's getting thrown at them constantly from like every fucking angle, not just, you know, music to like really get somebody's attention. It's like, you have to like find a way to like choke them, like reach through that. Like, Hey, I put out an album. Yeah. I like, used to think for a while that I never wanted to be one of those people that posted online too much. Because I would see friends of mine that were like, check out my song, check out my song, check out our t-shirt, check out this. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of seeing this. I never wanted to be that guy. But now I feel that so many people are like, hey, check out this BuzzFeed article. Check out what I'm eating for lunch. Check out what this person said about this person. Check. It's like everybody's like putting so much stuff out there constantly Yeah. that if you're not keeping up with it, you're just getting drowned in everybody else's useless bullshit. It's really tough. It's really tough to get people to care about something for more than like 10 seconds even. So, yeah, that's so hard. Um, I don't do it in my personal life uh, like anymore. I actually killed my Instagram. I wish I could get rid of Facebook, but I can't. I need it for all the shit. But yeah, yeah, because I was like, I need to. I'm doing this so much in my business life. I can't. I don't know. I needed to detach from it. It was starting to creep me out. It was sure. starting to make me feel very weird. Like you know, everyone is marketing something, whether or not it's like the weird, like if they're marketing what they ate for lunch or something. Yeah. It's either more, either marketing a product or they're marketing their personality. Yeah. Um, and what I've, a feeling I had recently was I felt like, okay, for my music stuff that I do, I, you know, I have a personal Facebook plus a fan page, a Tumblr, a Twitter, uh, an Instagram and like, um, all of these different social media platforms cater to different 
aesthetics and characteristics of people. Yeah. And I feel like trying to run all of them as one person makes me feel like I have, like, a borderline multiple personality disorder. Yeah, I agree. Because... It's very weird. You gotta, like, engage... Because, like, in order to get people to engage with you on each of those uh, different platforms, you need to, like... You know, Twitter, it's like, I gotta come up with, like, a quick quick little, quick, cute little joke that people were going to like. And then Instagram, it's like, what, what image is going to work for this? And then on Facebook, it's like, I got to make sure I don't like tag the wrong thing or else like it's going to get suppressed and all this (laughs) weird, like, how do, how do I get the most engagements without paying for this on Facebook? Yeah. It's like, why do I have to think about this? Why can't I just be like, still at the mall looking for the one kid that has, like, a pair of Vans on or a shirt from a band that I kind of know. Like, <laughs> hey, like, playing that's, a show at this fire hall, bro. That's how it was done. You just <laughs> had a fucking Discman. Yeah. And you just walked around, like, around the Hot Topic and tried to get kids to listen to your band. And you're like, yeah, I'm playing at this weird place. You should come to it. You're going to be one of three people there. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Every once in a while, <laughs> I do still see kids who are a lot younger who still take that approach to doing stuff. That's cool. And it's always, like, really, really bad music, but I love the effort. Yeah. And I feel it's like, if you give this much of a shit now, and you continue to, you're gonna get good eventually. Yeah. Like, nobody starts off great. Well, the thing I try to remember is, like, like the way... Like, the way that DIY punk bands tour, like, the way that Ed Hockley tours and Police Chases, like, that they're, like, in... And Derek, too, and everybody. They're, like, in a network of this thing that they've created. And they'll always be able to do that. And that will always be a way for people to hear their music. But all these social media things, like, this will go away. Oh, yeah. And, but as long as you remember that, like, you just have to believe in it. And you have to go drive around and play songs. Then that's really all that matters. And, like, we all have to fuck with this, like, Twitter. Like, Twitter is so bad. 140 characters is not enough. I never am able to... Yeah. I'm always editing it down, and I'm like, like, should I say the <laughs> T-H-O instead of yeah. the whole word? It's like my... G-R-8. Yeah, my Twitter is just basically me talking about food constantly. Oh, that's cool. That's it. That's all I can, like, sum up in, like, a short, short <laughs> phrase like that. It's just something about food. Yeah. Um, but... Touring, going out, playing shows in front of real human people yeah. and with their eyeballs seeing you, I find that's obviously the best way to engage with people. Yeah. There are people who have known me for a long time who it takes forever to get them to come out to a show sometimes, or like they're just somebody who I know online that actually I stumble across them, they happen to be at a show, and they actually see it, and they're like, oh, so that's what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you know, like, maybe sometimes it's like, oh, I listened to a little bit online, and, you know, I didn't know what it was like, because it's like, what I'm doing is like a live band hip-hop thing, so it could be kind of like a thing where, you know, you hear it, and it sounds like good, but you don't really know what it is until you see it. Like, oh, like, that person's making that sound happen. It's not all just, like, right. a computer thing. And, like, you know, it's not karaoke. It's like, we are a band. And people don't know that, really, until they see it. Yeah. I mean, there are videos online that people can watch. God forbid they click the play button. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they normally don't. Yeah, you know. On anything, but... No, I did. I've watched them. And that's definitely cool. It reminds me of, like, I don't know. 
it's stupid. It's a, maybe a dumb comparison, but it reminds me a lot of like what I saw the Jim Glass Heroes, and I love that Papercut Chronicles record a lot. Yeah, and I don't really like hip hop at all. Well, I wasn't ever really exposed to it. There's not a there's not like a good Christian version of hip hop that I could have grown <laughs> up with. Yeah, so I didn't get into it. Totally. Um, actually, I remember I what I tried to buy Doggy Style at the wall in the mall when I was a kid, and they wouldn't let me because I had a parental advisory. Yeah. And then the dude behind the counter, um, that wasn't the dude that told me I couldn't buy it, gave me an all CD instead. Bless his heart. And that was a weird moment in my life. <laughs> I went down. I had. I was at a crossroads where I yeah. tried to buy Doggy Style because what all friend, was it? Was it a? Uh, it was Mass Nerder. Mass Nerder. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was great. And all's one of my favorite bands now. But it could have been Doggy Style if because my friend, other friend Chris was always listening to Murder Was the Case that they gave me. And I yeah. was like, ah, cool. He's cool. I should get this CD. Wasn't allowed. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm honestly not a huge hip hop fan either. Oh, that's cool. Um, there are a particular, like, there's a hub of artists that I like, but I could probably find a hub of artists that I like in most genres of music. Um, yeah, I just kind of like, it stumbled into it. I enjoy doing it and I found something that I feel is like unique and fun to do. So I've just been going with it because I've been in shitty hardcore bands and I'm still in like a death metal band and all that stuff's fun. It's, but it's not like really like an artistic outlet as much as like the hip hop stuff is for me because I write everything and it's more of like my thing. The other stuff is just like bands I've been in and just like yelled. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> Which is important. Oh, I also got the Shaq Fu cassette. I had okay. Because I love the Orlando Magic. So I got all that stuff. And I had like a little penny and everything. He's a sports guy? Yeah. No, not at all. No, well, I like baseball. You... Okay. But I liked the Orlando Magic because they were cool. Did you, uh, did you ever play any sports? Yeah, I played baseball badly. And I played... Uh, golf doesn't really count, but I was on the golf team. I was pretty good at that. Okay. But that was only for a gym credit. And you could, like, smoke cigs while you're golfing because you just go off and yeah. you're a bad kid in the woods because you're on a golf thing. I've always been intrigued by golf. Okay. I have watched golf on TV for a much longer period of time mm -hmm. than you would, a normal person should. <laughs> I've enjoyed playing, like, golf video games. Okay, I find yeah. it very relaxing. I've never actually golfed. Okay. I am a bad motherfucker at putt-putt, though. That's good. Um, That's half of golf. <laughs> so you're already there. Uh, I, yeah, the con I do like the concept of golf. I don't know why. It's cool. It's nice. You're outside. It's cool. I feel like when I get older, I just, I'm, I'm, back, I'm adding golf to this list. One thing I always said I was going to get into when I get old is model trains. Okay. And, like, the little miniatures and stuff. I think that would be a good way to... Like, it's like mature toy collecting. Yeah. And something to do, you know, get the like, you've been to like the science center and shit and seen like they have like the little towns. Yeah. That'd be fucking awesome That'd to do cool that. To build that. Maybe awesome. I'll do that and I'll golf. <laughs> you that, sound very relaxing. Yeah. That's going to be my, <laughs> my future. I've never been much into smoking as I mentioned earlier, but maybe cigars will be oh, a thing. I going to go with pipe. I thought I'd give you a, okay. a nice pipe for yeah. yourself. I think, oh yeah, maybe I should start with the pipe and I think cigars might be a little abrasive. I could imagine. 
Yeah, they got it. I don't know. You don't even inhale those things, right? I guess what, you what's don't the have pur- to. What's the purpose of them? I don't know. They smell bad. Yeah, I don't get it. Just <laughs> fuck. Know. Is there anything in your your life now? I'm assuming we're around the same age, and I'm, uh, I'm yeah, tur- I'm thirty. Okay, I'm turning thirty this year in a go. couple months. Good luck. It's not bad. It's cool. Nah, I don't give a shit. Like, all right, great. Yeah, um, I just do what I do. <laughs> you know, I've, I've I feel like I've been like sixteen for the past fourteen years. You know, uh, but. Is there anything that you have maybe had an interest in doing and you've never done? Any sort of, like, a... No. Like what, what is your equivalent of my model trains and golf future? Like, what do you want to do down the road? Anything? You ever thought about it? I don't know. Sometimes I worry that I've always just done whatever I wanted to and that's eventually going to backfire on me. <laughs> oh, I can... Yeah, I can relate with that. Uh, 100%. But the things that I like to do now that I'd like to get into are more adult things that I would have been completely, like, not even able to talk to about. Like, like, I'm in, actually, it goes a long way. It goes along with the, like, now I run the record label instead of, like, I no longer have the desire to be, like, I, I, if John was like, hey, we need you to join at Hockey League tomorrow, I would I would have to tell him no. Because <laughs> I, I cannot be gone and live in a van with you for 60 days. Yeah. Because that's a level of insanity that I don't have in my brain anymore. I, res- I am so jealous that he still is able to tap into that. Because I think John's 32. Yeah. Yeah. 30 also. He's not 32. I think we're the same age. But, um, yeah, I... I can't do that anymore. It actually happened when we played White Lives Got to Open for Hot Water Music's uh, Exister release show in Philly. And that was their like reunion record when I thought they were gone forever. Before I realized the band just got back together. <laughs> I still thought Hot Water Music was yeah. gone forever. <laughs> and we got to open for them and I was like, I got, I got to open for... Like, I had come completely full circle to when I was 15 and some kid gave me that No Division CD and it completely changed oh, sure. my it's, whole life. It's really cool, yeah. And and then it was like, honestly, after that, it was like, I don't... I was like, that was it. That was the thing I was trying to do this whole time. It was like, that was my like little kid dream was one day you could open for How Hard Music if you just fucking try hard enough. So now that I've done that, I have this other thing I like to do, which is like the, like the weird record label stuff and help all these other bands. So along with that, I also like this adult stuff. Like I have a really cool relationship and like I'm building a life with another person. It's rad. Yeah. Like, like I worry about saving up money for a down payment on a house. That's crazy. Yeah, stuff that you need to think about, yeah. I know, and I like it, and I like the process of, like, I'm going to buy a house, and I'm going to, like, own a piece of land somewhere, and I'm going to, like, make a thing, and that will be my project. You have, like, a... How, what are your, what's your uh, thoughts on children? Do you think that's something you want to do one day in your life? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll definitely have kids. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird, like, it's very weird to think about. Um... But yeah, I want, I definitely want to make that. Cause that's like, well, you, once you become 30, all your friends are having kids around you. And I feel like that is like watching all my friends do that is cool to see like what a real adventure that is. 
And it's also like, like it's so fucked up and weird. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm just thinking like I'm comparing that to like watching all of your friends smoking cigarettes. Oh like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to smoke a cigarette. Now it's like all your friends are having kids. Like fuck yeah, let's have a kid. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> We're not gonna have one right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, no no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like I also, I also started to think more about like I start to understand my parents a lot better as I watch all my friends right. become parents because you're like, oh wait, you were actually this person that like I'm the same age as at some point. And yeah, this is what it was like to like make a human from nothing, and then now you have it, and you have to make sure that it's fine. For a long time. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I... When I was, like, 24, 25, I finally hit that revelation. Because my, my parents were, like, 17, 18 when they had me. Yeah, my parents and were like, 20. Very, very young. Yeah, like, you know, my parents were scumbags, like, in a good way. Like, my mom was a total, <laughs> like, hair metal chick. That's and cool. my dad was, like, you know, like, all into, like, anthrax and Megadeth and shit. Just, like, like bummy metal <laughs> kids that had a kid when they were, like, just barely out of high school. And, you know, and, like, obviously, when I was a teenager, like, they were just, they just didn't have their shit together. They were never able to. And probably a big part of that was probably because of me. You know? And it's fine. But, you know, it all, I never had a bad childhood. But when I got, yeah. like, 24, 25, I, like, started thinking about it from, like, the other side. Like, holy shit. Like, yeah. what, what, like, how the fuck would I have handled this if I had a kid at that age? Yeah. No way. No. And they did it. And it's, like... It gave me a level of respect for them that I didn't have before. Because they did do it. Like, I was always taken care of and fine. Yeah. They somehow made it work. No, I mean, yeah, same. Same. I had a cool childhood. My dad uh, was also, like, in a band. Like, he was in, like, a cool... Christian band? Yeah, the Christian 80s metal band. Like, fucking Striper. I was just gonna ask if it was, like, Striper. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Yeah, Pastor Jim Rips. (laughs) <laughs> he still he still plays plays bass and guitar. He's great. Um, you ever jam together? Yeah, I mean we did. Like when I was a kid, I played in the praise band, so that was cool. Would you play drums? I it? actually did play drums because yeah. you made that like I yeah. played in the band. You made that movement, and I was like, okay, yeah. I played drums. When you were playing in the shitty punk bands, what were you playing? Guitar. Okay, um, guitar. And then I didn't. I actually didn't know how to play bass. I learned to play bass for the White Wife stuff. That was hard. That was a weird time. Like being, I assume you won't listen to this, but having to <laughs> having to audition as a bass player for uh, Chris Number Two was a very very weird thing. It being like, like this is a person who is like one and, of an the, established musician, the punk bass player in most people's brains is probably Jason Black. Howard music and then whoever the dude from Rancid is I don't care I hate Rancid <laughs> fuck Rancid it's fine and and then Chris <laughs> too Rancid's terrible if you ever listen to Rancid just try to think about how bad it is I, I, I think I have a nostalgic <laughs> attachment to An Outcome the Wolves alright that's fair but so yeah like Maxwell Murder those bass lines are crazy and yeah so having to figure out how to play all these bass parts and then play them for it too and have it be like eh, you could really work on that but that was also <laughs> when I started to become like a really good musician was that's when I was finally surrounded by all these people that were amazing because everybody in that band was amazing and is amazing musicians so I don't know 
uh, how the fuck I got to that from talking about having kids. It, it seemed like a seamless transition. <laughs> I don't know how we did it either, but that's... It was good. That was, that was, that was a good little loop around. What, um... Do you prefer your... Now, like, since, you know, you had your solo stuff, you've been yeah. at White Wise, I've seen you play with Police Chases, I don't know if you're, like, oh, an yeah. active member of that band. Oh, or... I'm in it. Okay. I'm in, I'm in Police Chases. They <laughs> made I... me say I was in it. Okay, yeah. Because I feel like every time I've seen that band, it's, like, been a little bit different, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Delusia was... So, in the in the beginning, there was Police Chases, and then came and made a record with two, and it was awesome. We were going to put it out, and the release date was uh, going to be for Fest. I think that was Fest uh, 12, uh, two years ago. I think it came out two years ago. And then Delucia was in the process of becoming a mailman throughout that summer. And when you become a mailman, for the first year that you were a mailman, once you be- they let you in, you can't take any days off. You have to work six days a week for the whole year. You're just fucking, you have to. Or you're out. Fuck you, you can't be a mailman. It's like they bounce you into the mail world. It's like, does the mail world, like, is it very lucrative? Yeah, it's great. It's okay. a government job. Okay. I assume he gets a pension and all kinds of other words I don't know about. Okay. I assume he's in a union. Yeah. Probably. Doesn't sound very punk. <laughs> oh, he's super punk about it. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was like, I can't go to Fest. And, and they were like, that's when the record comes out. We have to play it. We have to play Fest. And so I learned all the guitar parts. And then, uh, yeah, and then I went and played it, and so we got down there, and I only made it through one song, and the amp that they gave me blew up, so I didn't even get to do it anyways. Sick. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) And so that set the tone for, like, every experience I would ever have with Police Chases, which was just, like, always weird and cool. But yeah, so now I'm in it. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's fine. So, (laughs) what, what do you prefer? I guess I don't want to be like, what's your favorite thing? But what do you think you have the most fun doing? Like, playing, like, with police chases, which is, like, tongue-in-cheek, doing your solo stuff, which I'm guessing is more of, like, like, introspective, emotive, sort of, like, let it all out, or then versus White Wives, which is, like, a more, like, I don't want to say, like, mature, but it's, like like, a serious band. Oh, yeah. It's compared to Police Chases. The White Wives thing was interesting because we, like, at the end, well, I came in and all the songs were written, but at the end when we all started, we wrote some songs and we did that 7-inch, like, we wrote all those songs together, and that was the first time I've ever been in, like, that sort of scenario before, which was, like, so many people that were good at songwriting all working on a song together at once. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, that's what I loved the most about White Wives was like those experiences and being able to like learn how to listen to a song and see where it could go and yeah, also like working with other people and things like that. And yeah. Like that. Yeah. Police Chases is just pure fucking madness, which is awesome. And so probably that's the most fun thing to do because it's okay, chaos yeah. and it's awesome. But also, like, we're writing a new record for Police Chases, and that's going really cool in a lot of the same ways that the White Wives stuff was. Like, Rob, the drummer for Police Chases, was in Tabula Rasa, and he's, like, a ridiculous musician, and Delusia is a ridiculous musician, well, yeah. too, in his own way, where, like, he writes songs his way, and they're neither of them realize how crazy good they are at their song structures. That's the thing that's actually 
that's what sells police chases for me. Oh, okay. Is the fact that the songs are really good. <laughs> like, it is like, I mean, it's dumb, but it works because, like, the songwriting is really good. Yeah. Like, it's, they're really, really good. And this, like, I don't know of many bands that are still doing, like, that sort of, like, a fun punk sort of, like, just, like, fast punk fusion. Like, it sounds like, like an homage to a lot of like mid nineties type stuff. Yeah. And I don't know of many people that are still like holding on to that. Because like we're in a weird time now where a lot of the people who listen to that stuff when it was around, who are like our age now, are trying to do like more like thoughtful, serious projects. Or they're kids that are too young to even know what a lot of that shit is. Yeah. I think while well, it's interesting in police chases how everybody feels about their own band that they're in. Um, everybody takes away from police chases like something completely different. And I have, so from my, my own perspective, what I think about police chases is that like, because of the way that they approach how much they don't care about anything, it has the potential to be incredibly important. And so like, it has also like this crazy responsibility to it too, to be extremely offensive and to break all of the rules so that something is at least breaking the rules. And I remember when I was making, I was putting together the lyric video for gay Jesus for president as a pastor's kid. I was in a very weird moment where I was putting together like the most okay. offensive things I've ever seen or thought about. And like Jerry Falwell with a um, with a dick pissing into his mouth was one of the, <laughs> the pictures that we had to do, and I was like, "This is great." I like, I like that's one like one of the pictures that we had to do. We had to do that <laughs> for sure. And um, but like that was really important. Like that song is really important. It's stupid. It's on a bass level, but like that song being played to kids that would normally listen to police chases. Like there's tons of like politically correct music that only plays to people that focus very hard on being politically correct. Yeah. In my brain, that's like, you're just completely preaching to the choir. Sure. Whereas like, I felt, <laughs> I felt like when police chases sang gay Jesus for president to a lot of punk kids that were just like stupid bro punk kids that would never really hear a song like that or need to think about something like that. Yeah. Like, that is an important spot for police chases to be in and to deliver that cool message. Like, yeah, there's, there's like a somewhat like a cleverness or like even like, dare I say, like intelligence to like the humor and what you guys are doing. Like, it's like a very like, I think you need to like be in a certain mindset or frame of mind to get it to lock into it, but I think if you get it, you're like, oh, like, I fucking get this. Cool. Yeah. But I think it's also, unfortunately, really easy for someone who likes to, like, look at everything as black and white to look at you guys be like, oh, these guys are fucking assholes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. We are actual assholes. Actually, I feel like if they got that, then that's great. At least they got that. Yeah. At least we're not pretending to be assholes. The point is, like, I feel like it's a great premise for a band. There's a bunch of cops that are all drunk and high and wasted constantly. And they uh, they <laughs> sing all these terrible songs about shit that people don't want to hear. 
It's perfect. You're not supposed to like it. Yeah. It's the anti-band. But I overthink it too much. Everybody else is like... <laughs> fucking... Everybody be laughing at me right now. <laughs> like, Stowe thinks too much about everything. Listen to this bullshit. Yeah. Oh, maybe they will. <laughs> but I think that comes from the position that you're in with, like, your job. In air quotes. Yeah, job. You start to think like that about everything. Yeah. It's dumb. Like, I... I'll be out in public and walk past a store and, like, see, like, a, in a clothes store, like, an advertisement with, like, you know, some idiot smiling, like, eh. And the first thing I think of is, like, how many fucking pictures they have to take to get that one. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want to see all the bad pictures. Yeah. And just, like, how much stuff goes into making all these things that, you know, when it's done, it's like, this is the product that you're getting. But I'm always really fascinated by everything that goes into the product itself. The other thing I found that I liked that I didn't know that I liked was being in a situation where, I, like, I was in something that got a reaction from some someone, and that is what police chases is. Is that we went so we did this Canada tour with Anti Flag, and at the end, uh, Mark Code was the singer. Andy couldn't go, so Mark Code from the Code. And, he don't say. Uh, yeah. He uh, he dressed up as Uncle Sam in an Uncle Sam suit and would come out and just talk about how shitty Canada was in between songs to Canada and how much how much better America like was. Like during the police chases set? Yeah. <laughs> and so he sang, he sang all of Andy's parts as Uncle Sam and talked about how awesome America was and that was the whole thing. And that made them so fucking mad. Some guy threw a cheeseburger at him. But it was great. Because at the end of it, th that was this weird time that they all had. And it was this weird reactionary moment where, like, we're the sh we are the anti-band. We have to be shitty Americans in this moment. And then, like, Anti-Flight comes on and everybody loves it. And they forgot about Uncle Sam. But <laughs> I, thought, I thought that that was, I thought that that was insane. And that's when, like... That's when police chases really started to click for me, and I really started to get it. Was Marco dressed up like Uncle Sam? <laughs> I think that it's it's cool if you're gonna do like a sort of gimmick thing with your band, push that gimmick to like the furthest extreme that you can, and it's gonna work better. <laughs> yeah. Like it can't just like if you dudes just dressed up in the cop outfits, but you weren't as like energetic or as like. Like, all the banter that's on stage when you... Like, if that wasn't there, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. No, it'd just be us wearing the same t-shirt. It'd be very weird. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is there any sort of, like, projects or things you might want to talk about or let people know about before we wrap up? Because I think we're, we're wrapping up. I cool. don't know. Cool. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I've got, like... I got that Hockey League record. There's a bunch of cool records coming out. There's a new Endless Mike and the Beagle Club record that sounds fucking amazing. It's very cool. There's a new Police Chase of Seven Inch coming out in October. It's going to be really offensive. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's called Uncle Sam. Okay. It's not really. No, okay. <laughs> Maybe it should be. Maybe we should make the Uncle Sam Seven Inch. Yeah. That'd be cool do to it. do an EP that was all about how great America was. Maybe I'll text Dan about that. Yeah. <laughs> do it on like a like a like American flag shaped disc. That would be cool. Those die-cut discs are too expensive. But you'll yeah. like the packaging that we're doing didn't, for the... Didn't Anti-Flag do a die-cut disc Yeah, we've recently? Yeah, we've done two. We did that um, 
we did the drone one for Pray for a Cloudy Day, which was the, so that's shaped like a drone explosion. And then we did the bacon one. That was the first thing I did at AF Records. Oh, really? Was that record shaped like bacon. And it was like, I remember I was a vegetarian. I had to buy all this bacon and put it together in like different piles on my kitchen floor. And just, I just took a bunch of pictures of it until we got it. <laughs> and then, and then I you just... You know, like, I fucking love hearing shit like that. <laughs> no, like, I... I I I love the um the behind the scenes for and like how things are made. Yeah. And it's like funny because like I've known anti flag for a long time. Like Die for the Government was the first punk album I ever heard. Cool. Which like when I was like ten. I had this a friend of mine, like older brother, and it's like I went through like a phase where like they were my favorite band and all this shit. And it's like but that was like in my punk days and it's a little past me, but it's still... But anyways, I've kept up with Anti-Flag, and it's weird now just, like, thinking about, like, I remember when the bacon-shaped picture just came out to oh, keep cool. up with records, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And now it's, like, the guy who bought the bacon and put it on his kitchen floor and took the <laughs> pictures of it. It's, like, it's cool the fact that, like, it wasn't just, like, like somebody found an image on Google, that, like, somebody actually went and did it. And, like, you're sitting here just on the couch, like, the guy that <laughs> took the picture of the bacon... That was weird. That was a weird. I'm gonna. Time. I'm gonna. In, that's how I'm gonna intro this episode. Is like, <laughs> Christo, uh, famed photographer of the the anti flag bacon disc. <laughs> you you may know him from such projects as. Uh, that's such a weird song too. The and then the all cops are, A to Z song on the B side of that bacon thing was a really offensive anti flag song. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was crazy. I was like, really? You guys are going to want to say all this stuff? All right, cool. I'm new. Because I was. I was new. I'd been there for a month. And they were like, the first thing we want you to do is we want you to figure out how to make a record that is just shaped like bacon. We're going to put these cop songs on it. Go ahead. And then that was it. And then from there, they let me put out the worship this record. And then, yeah, now we put out records. It's cool. Very cool. Well, hey, thanks for coming over. No problem. Thanks for talking. This was cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop this right now. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed the conversation. Chris is a good dude. Funny guy. Had a good time talking to him. So, uh, yeah, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. I am Sykes. Start the beat. 2015. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. All right, pause. You're enjoying this Epic Cast Network show, but what are you going to listen to next? Come over and listen to us. Does this hold up podcast? It's a movie review show where we take films from the past, analyze them, answer the question to does this hold up? Not really. Not really. No. no. We talk about things like Karate Kid. You've all seen it. You love it. But do you remember Mr. Miyagi gets blackout drunk and talks about how many Germans he's killed in the war? You've seen Goonies. Have you seen Mouth? He's not mouth because he's loud. Mouth can fit a lot of things in his mouth. He's terrific at oral. He's known for how many round things he can juggle with his tongue. So come over, check out Does This Hold Up whenever you're done with whatever Epicast TV show you're listening to now. Go to epicastnetwork.com, epicast.tv, at Does This Hold Up.
Sharp-dressed and sharp-tongued, hyper-stylized, hyper-sensitive, just plain hyper. Hi, I'm Ian Insect, the unrepentant patron saint of posturing and impatience with the silver-painted face. Find me and my show, Ian Insect is Evil, on the Epicast Network. I take in diverse talent from Pittsburgh's underground, artistic, and burnout communities to crack jokes and crack open life's little mysteries. All the while, I attempt to take them outside their comfort zone and put them on the spot, all for your enlightenment and entertainment. So, pay attention. It's my intention to shine a light in the dark corners of our collective consciousness, to keep my audience and my guests alike on their toes and off balance. Feeling curious? Feeling impetuous? Listen to the latest episodes on the Epicast Network. E-P-I-C-A-S-T, epicastnetwork.com, and find out why Ian Insect is evil. Hey guys, this is Gio Adesano, the host of Lust and Loathing Podcast. It's an Epicast podcast. You can hear me podcasting with strippers, podcasting with comedians, personal friends, rap artists, musicians. We're going to get into it. What type of stories you want to hear? Are you into girls? Are you into guys? Why don't we find out? You ever done porn? I don't know. But how much would it cost you to do it? Into gay porn? Into girl porn? Into guy porn? Are you into porn? I don't know. Come on down and do a shot with us at Club Controversy. Let's get fucking drunk together. That's what I'm into. Trying to drink some whiskey. You in? I'm in. Let's go. Hey guys, this is Marta from Marta on the Move. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. When you're done with this one, you should go check out mine on www.martaonthemove.com. On the Epicast Network, you can find me on Twitter at I Can't Find Marta. If you like interesting people and places in Pittsburgh, food and drink, travel advice, and general nerdery, check it out and keep it moving. Hey, thanks for listening to the Epicast Network show that you're listening to right now. Isn't it great? Yeah. Come on. Thanks for listening to anything. Exactly. You could be listening to normal radio like a pap-pap, and you're not. You're, you're listening not. to things on a computer like a grown person right now in 2015. My God name is Sean you. Collier. This is my co-host, Aaron Kleiber. Mm-hmm. We have a movie review show. It's called You Can't Handle the Truth. There's, it's more than that, though. We get to be fun. Yeah. It's yeah. about everything. But you know what we do? You know, there's a lot of movie reviews in the world. But a lot of those people, they don't, no. they don't know you. They yeah. can't relate to you. And you know what their dreams were, like in when they were in high school, was to go to NYU, and they didn't. And then they were like, I want to write for Rolling Stone. And guess what? They didn't. Now they have a blog on our, Tumblr. Our dreams were to talk about movies to you. And yeah. We're, and we're living them. We were those people that would sit around a TGI Fridays until one in the morning and get kicked out because we were sitting there talking about how Terminator 2 is so good. Okay. And, we're those guys. And now you can get in on that action. Get in on that action. We go to a an advanced screening and we record as soon as we walk out of the theater. We yeah. don't stop to think about it yeah. and, and look up what Kurosawa would have done. We 
just talking about it. And bonus, we're moderately funny comedians who've had moderate success. So, exactly. I don't know. You might be in for something good. Get that every week on You Can't Handle the Truth, a proud part of the Epicast Network. That was good, proud. I'm I think proud. that was good. Proud to be an American. Listen to us now. Back to the show you chose to listen to.